This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. That means Brett Phillips is on the line. A little earlier to bed last night, mate? It was, uh, it was Pat, and not not by uh, not by choice. But we would like to have seen a greater uh, contest. Oh, yeah. But yeah, when you do uh, two weeks of the Australian Open, you don't mind an early night every now and then. But yeah, it was just uh, wow. It, it went it went uh, went by rapid fire time last night, and you know, it took me back to you know, Nadal and uh, Djokovic when they played that Australian Open final game back about. Three or four years ago, when Novak absolutely decimated Rapper in about an hour and a half. So if you can do it to Rapper, uh, good luck to the rest of the field trying yeah. to catch him. And yeah, it's almost like you know he's, he's turned the page into the second week. He's got eyes for the prize. He upped the ante. He didn't feel any pain uh, last night with a hamstring, according to Novak uh, post match. And yeah, he just bullied uh, Demonor around, which we thought you know would probably happen. I mean, we went in with hope. Uh, you know, it's heart overhead sometimes, but when you really peel it back and you're looking through the numbers and his dominance on that court, his dominance in Australia, uh, and the fact that I think he's still the number one player in the world, and yeah, he's an incredible player to watch, and, and Demon Or, I thought maybe in those first two sets, you know, might have just tried to, not that you get a real chance to dictate against Djokovic, but I thought he might have tried to shift him around, throw the drop shot in, I think he first uh, did it in the third set when uh, the match was just about gone. So, yeah, he'll reflect and think maybe I could have done a few things differently. But the great part with Alex, he did a one-on-one post-match, is that he's got high hopes to go a lot further than where he is. So if you're that determined to make yourself better every single day, who knows what he can achieve? Because, I mean, some players do get comfortable, you know, between 20 and 30 in the rankings and maybe aren't working as hard. He'll leave no stone unturned. Where it takes him, let's uh, let's find out this year. Yeah, it's not going to hurt if you keep getting into fourth rounds. Well, it, you know, it's it's still a, a good effort. Yeah, I think the next challenge for him, Heels, is can, can he become a regular 10 to 20 player in the rankings? He did get as high as 15 going back a few years ago, and he's sort of been hovering you know, in that 20 to 30 range. So it's a big step. And, you know, in order to get there, uh, you've got to be, yeah, fourth round, uh, quarterfinal and then be performing really well at the Masters 1000 events and there's nine of those on the tour throughout the year so yeah he's not satisfied which is great uh, that's the good news for those who follow Alex Demonor he wants to get better he wants to improve he wants to find ways to allow him to win tennis matches against these uh, big established guys and you know we'll see how far that determination takes him alright now I need a lesson here uh, quarterfinals day what are we calling Elena? Is it Ribakina? Rybakina? Yeah, Rybakina. Rybakina? Rybakina. Mm-hmm. The Wimbledon champ. Mm. Against Yelena Ostapenko, who I gather from reading is not the most popular on tour. Mm. Yeah, fair to say. <laughs> fair to say. Um, fair to say, uh, Pat. I, I, without, uh, you know, uh, dobbing Yelena in, I, I was actually standing doing the ATP Cup last year and the Sydney Classic was on at the same time. We happened to be standing at the area where the transport 
takes you back to the hotel. Let me just say that um, it wasn't the most pleasant exchange between Yelena and the poor volunteer who was trying to organise her a car. So I have seen it firsthand myself. Uh, but look, Yelena, uh, when she won the French Open, which blew everyone's mind going back about five years ago, uh, she, <laughs> she just played breathtaking tennis. She's not quite the athlete uh, that she was, but and she dropped back a few pegs. Uh, back into the 60s, 70s. So she's done a great job, actually, to fight her way back. Mm. Uh, she could have been a ballet dancer, but uh, chose to um, concentrate on tennis. But she's had moments. Yeah, you only have to go back to that match against Isla Tomjanovic at Wimbledon uh, last year when Yelena just decided to sit down. Uh, you know, at four all, I think it was, when you know, you've got to keep playing. It's not to sit down, change of ends. And she just called for the trainer, refused to play, and went off court for about 13, 14 minutes and... Uh, that that uh, sort of frosty handshake between her and Isla and a few words uh, after the match. Um, and it, look, I, I do like her honesty, though, yesterday when she was interviewed by Laura Robson, who I think has been a revelation in the media. Laura, unfortunately, a wrist derailed her tennis career. But, you know, she asked Elena about the uh, the electronic line calling because every time Elena uh, thinks the ball's in, she just looks over her box and says, this is not right. And she admitted she thinks it's absolute rubbish, the line calling uh, <laughs> system, but the players can't argue it. It's 100% foolproof uh, accordingly. But today, yeah, I think my buckina, uh, a long-winded answer to your question, Pat, but I think, um, yeah, I think she'll get the better. The lot, the, the, you know, she'll be too powerful, I think, for Ostapenko. Mm. Some good games yesterday. Um like Rublev to start with, I suppose. You know what was that? Seven six in the fifth, and yeah, uh, Shelton uh, and Wolf. You know, Shelton might be going to be okay. <laughs> eh? Yeah, just just uh, keep an eye on this kid. He's he's going he's going towards the top ten for mine, for what I've seen. I mean, mm. he is hitting the back of the board. Those poor ball boys that stand in line with his serve, uh, they they're quickly catching on. That they they're going to be quick to move because they are flying through it. You know, two twenty two twenty five k's. And they're not coming back. And he's got beautiful touch uh, off the ground as well. Yeah, college product. Um, he's one of those that's just burst onto the scene very, very quickly in the last six months. And no surprise, I think, uh, from what I saw watching a lot of the challenges in the US uh, last year, that he can play this level of tennis and he's made for the environment. He came from college. He's used to the noise, the crowds, you know, whether they're in your corner, not in your corner. And he's adapted to that. He was brilliant. You know, Tommy Paul, the other American that's got through, I think can be top 20 uh, this year, coached by Brad Stein, who jumped into the river with Jim Courier when he won uh, back-to-back <laughs> in the, at the Australian Open all those years ago. And, yeah, there's some good players, you know, certainly left in the draw. And, yeah, Rublev, I hope he didn't turn the TV on and watch Djokovic right. and Demon all last night. Yeah. Andre did a great job to get through. But he's into his seventh quarterfinal at the majors. He's mm. never got past the quarters, and he's now got to play Novak. So it's probably your worst nightmare. Well, I tell you, I watched it. I was telling Heels about it, and our listeners, and you know, you obviously know you were there. But that that match point uh, in the ten point tiebreak to finish it off, and he got the net cord, and it just trickled over the net. Uh, that's just yeah. a cruel, cruel way to finish a, go- a match that went the best part of four hours. Yeah. Oh, look, no doubt it was. And then the fact that you know. Uh, Lot Holger led five two in the fifth. He was up uh, what a handful of uh, points there in the tiebreak. Yeah, he was uh, up he was five loves. Oh. Yeah, he couldn't put it away unfortunately, no. but he'll learn a lot. But he's he's going he's going north. Uh, he's he's that highly driven the nineteen year old. And yeah, Holger Rune's going to be around for some time. Yeah, yeah, and Rublev claimed that he's not known and he rarely wins from behind. And he had to do it a couple of times in that match. So so maybe the pennies mm. drop with him too. 
Yeah, well, I love watching him. He's uh, he, he's dynamic. He's uh, got some uh, charisma off the court. He's a bit of a character, Rublev. I think he's got his own band and he's got his own yeah. clothing label and he's got a lot of other things uh, going on. And, you know, he's been outspoken a little bit, you know, with the whole uh, war going on uh, uh, back home with Ukraine. And he's, uh, he's a really interesting guy. I mean, he's, he's been a regular member of the top 10 for some time now, but he, he just belts the cover off the ball. There's no subtlety in the way he plays. Although I did see him slice a few times <laughs> yesterday, which I've never seen Andre do. So... He knows he's got to add some dimensions if he's to get past that group in front of him uh, to win a Grand Slam title. We're claiming sets a pass now because Mark Philippus is in his team. He's, he's our he's our new Aussie interest. Well, the Scud's big role too, Pat, is to calm the father down, Apostolos. So you'll notice there's a seat between them in the player box. I think Apostolos likes that a little bit of distance. He does throw his arms about. <laughs> you know, but now coaching's allowed. He can actually communicate, and he does. Every time Stefanos is down his end, he's, he's very very verbal. And I think Mark is um, just the calming influence all round because that father-son relationship you know, has been through a bit of a roller coaster, a high-pressure elite sport. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I think he's certainly been a big part of you know, continuing to uh, develop the, the forward part of the court uh, for Stefanos. And he's very good. I mean, he's always been an all-court player, but I think... His volleying's got a bit better. And, look, he's the best player equipped to have a crack at Djokovic. But then you look, watch Djokovic and the way he played last night, and I don't know if Stefanos gets near him. That's how big the gap is, possibly. Yeah. No, it's it's interesting to watch. Um, we, Paddy and I have had a discussion this morning. We said we'd ask Brett. Like, it's great that Alex Dimonor is only 23. For the time it feels like he's been around, that's good. But these teenagers coming through from a lot of countries, a lot of different countries, how are they doing it and why are we a, a, a little less teenage-driven on the top level in Australia? Got an hour? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and we'll pull this apart on the first serve uh, back uh, Monday night uh, next week, two hours every week, which is going to be great. Um yeah, I mean, look, obviously we're a Grand Slam nation. We pump a, a lot of money into player development. We are a long, long way away. We don't... The, the thing that the Australian players, I think, uh, he'll suffer from is we don't get that top-level match play exposure. You, you're going to Europe where uh, there are, there's a bigger volume, clearly a you know, bigger population in all these countries who are taking up tennis, playing competitively from a really young age, yes. uh, not only against fellow people from their country, but they can just skip across the border and you know play someone else. They're playing more competition and they just develop at a, a really quick rate. Our Aussies take a bit of time because they haven't necessarily had that exposure. Is there an argument that there's better coaching on the other side of the world? You could mount that argument. Um, so there's, there's lots of layers to it all. But for a Grand Slam nation that makes a lot of money out of a, a major every year, I, no doubt we should be getting a better result and there should be a deeper pool of players. But there's not right now. They've got some okay. thinking to do. Um, there's a lot more I could talk about that, but I mean, it's yeah, it's not it's an ongoing discussion. Yeah, because I mean, before COVID, I mean, they had a war chest of about eighty million, didn't they? And uh, that's obviously been eroded because of COVID. But so the mm. money, the money is there when you stage an event of this magnitude. Yeah, well, and the aim was to you know get nine hundred thousand through the gates uh, this year. And I mean, supposedly this is the argument, Pat, and who I, I talked to so many different people that. That money is supposed to filter down right to the grassroots, but then 
you know, there's the argument that Tennis Australia keep putting on too many staff. They've got, you know, four or 500 staff. What are these people Ooh. actually doing? Are they contributing? Are they contributing to the game? When I say, and that, that includes, I think, the states as well, um, who are there in, you know, player development, uh, development officers who are out in the regions, mm. developing players, developing coaches. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not get, really getting the results. It's not there on paper at the moment. I mean, they can sort of say that there's some future prospects, but they're, they're maybe a long way away. I mean, I'm watching a young girl from the Gold Coast yesterday, Emerson Jones, who, you know, she's only 14. When she hits a good ball, and, you know, Brother Hayden played... Uh, in the juniors. Uh, the mum, Loretta Harrett, was a former uh, oh, yeah. triathlete. triathlete yeah. yeah, silver medalist. So there's some good genes there. So she's a future hope, but she's 14, and we just let her sort of grow and not too much put too much pressure on her. But, yeah, the mm. cupboard yeah, needs some filling up, that's for sure. Yeah, you're right. It's a conversation that'll, that could go for hours. Mate, thank you very much for your time today. I know you're always busy at this time of day with interviews everywhere, uh, and we'll chat again uh, as the week goes on. Thanks, Brent. Pleasure. Good stuff. Thanks, guys.